0: Hello, it's Shelley F Knight, bring you positive changes a self-kick podcast. We're joined by Maxwell Ivey, who's also known as The Blind Blogger. So big warm welcome to Maxwell.
1: Well, uh, hi, Shelley. Uh, thanks for, for having me on your podcast and uh, for welcoming me to your audience.
0: Bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. You said I can call you Max in case people think I'm a bit casual, but we did speak beforehand. <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yes, Max. I did, and and I encourage people to call me Max once they've started, once they've done things to where we where I would consider them friends. So yeah, more than more than happy for you to do that.
0: Lovely. So please do share your story of positive change.
1: Well, uh, I will share it, but I'll say before I start that my positive change, most of it started because of a of of some negative experiences and many of my decisions weren't necessarily an active choice, but here I am 12 years later, uh, I grew up in a family of carnival owners or what y'all would call fun fair operators in the UK okay. and planned, planned on going into the business when I grew up and actually was lucky enough to work alongside my dad for about 15 years before he passed away. Uh, I also knew that I was going to lose some, if not all of my vision to retinitis pigmentosa so we found ways for me to be involved in the business, which usually meant helping with the bookings, operating kids' games, uh, pitching in in the food wagon. Um, during high school, I went to traditional high school and college, and the vision really never uh, was really never a problem because I grew up in a supportive family who really never had any time for people to feel sorry for themselves. I went to good schools with helpful teachers who were trained in how to and how to help bring visually impaired people along. And uh, in fact, I was part of a a scouting troop for visually impaired boys and and one of the few blind Eagle Scouts. So in 2003, my dad passed away, and by 2006 or seven, our carnival was out of business, and I had to figure out what to do next. So I started helping people sell their used rides on the internet at a place called the Midway Marketplace and i had to learn a whole bunch of new things in order to run that website this was before wordpress wi-fi or facebook and so i had to even learn how to hand code html as part of the process of becoming an online business owner uh i did that and i still do it but a few years ago people said max the way you take on all these challenges and just find a way to accomplish things is very inspiring we want you to share more of your experiences and so I finally relented and agreed that I am inspirational and started a second website as the blind blogger, which is what people had been calling me online for a couple of years before then. So it was just a natural fit to go by that name. Uh, as a result of sharing my experiences, I've written three books so far with the fourth due in July. Uh, I have a blog and a podcast called what's your excuse. Uh, I've been on over 200 podcasts. I help other creative entrepreneurs get exposure by connecting them with hosts of shows so they can share their stories. Like I'm getting the opportunity to do today. And other than the fact that I love to sing and often sing it, uh, you know, on my podcast or when I give public talks, I think that's pretty much all of it.
0: You're on YouTube as well, aren't you? Cause I've seen you on YouTube. Yes, ma'am. Yeah.
1: yeah. So- I only have 171 subscribers, but yes, I'm over there.
0: That's brilliant, so have you always been of a like positive mindset max
1: I think i I think I probably have um, obviously some of those years I wouldn't have really been uh, aware enough to think about it at the time, but I think for me, growing up in a family of carnival owners where the nobody really cares about you or your situation, all they want to know is on Thursday or Friday night, can they ride the Ferris wheel and buy a cotton candy and, and maybe win a teddy bear? So you learn from an early age that uh, there are solutions and you better figure out how to find them and you better find them now. So I think that, uh, that went into it. Plus uh, my family was – my dad was just one of those people who, even in the worst of times, he would find something to laugh about. He would tell you a story or a joke. And in fact, one of the really hard things about being still in the business after he died was there wasn't anybody other than me to find the positives in our family.
0: So it all came down to you?
1: Yes, yes. When my dad was gone, it was me and my mom and my younger brother, Patrick. Um, I, I pretty much had to work really hard at staying positive for everybody and that just didn't work.
0: Bless you. So you've had quite a lot of loss. So your dad died, but then you've had the loss of vision as well. Has that changed you in your coping strategies at all?
1: Um, I think it is another place where it helped me. I think my blindness is an advantage for two reasons. One, I didn't lose it all at once. I lost it gradually. So over the course of uh, seven or eight years, I went from having perfect vision to have to having to use a white cane and learn braille. So I love to read and I went from reading, you know, regular type to, and being able to read it in dim light to having to have bright light to having to have large type and eventually using a closed circuit monitor and then switching to uh, audio and to braille. So as my vision was constantly changing, I was constantly having to adapt to a new level of vision and a new way of doing things. And so I think that really helped me. The other thing that I think it really helps me nowadays is when People grow up, most people, they have this idea that they're supposed to be able to do everything themselves, that asking for help is a sign of weakness, and asking for opportunities is a sign of ego. But when I grew up, uh, everybody, my teachers, my family, uh, the Scoutmaster, were always telling me, never be afraid to ask, because people will want to help you. In fact, people generally want to help other people, but... If you don't ask and you try to do this on your own with 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 uh, the lack of vision and being at a little bit of a disadvantage, it's going to make things harder for you, less enjoyable. It's going to take you longer to get there. And so I feel like this is one area where I'm sure you will agree with me. The world would be a lot better off if more people would think about interdependence instead of independence and think about doing things as a collective, a community, bringing other people along for the journey or for their support so that you can actually accomplish what you want.
0: Absolutely, that'd be far more beautiful. I think we're so afraid to ask for help. And even when we do ask for help, we don't always accept it. When actually everyone likes to have a purpose, everyone likes to feel that they've got, you know, something they could offer to someone else. So yeah, I love that, like a collectiveness. It'd be absolutely wonderful, Max.
1: Right. And I like to make sure I share this expression because I think it helps a lot of people understand the whole idea of asking for help. Um, And it's important that you put the focus on the other person and take it off of yourself. And I I tell people, when you refuse to ask you, rob the other person of the joy they would have received from helping you.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, Yeah. Just tell us that again, Max, that's beautiful.
1: You know, it's funny. I was going to say it twice. I usually do, and I didn't today, but then you said back. So I love how we we're were we in tune there. I'm getting chills. Shall we? I mean, so yes, uh, when you refuse to ask, you rob the other person of the joy they would have received from helping you.
0: I just think that's so beautiful. And it's so true. I mean, I don't know what it is about us, but we don't ask for help. You know, we don't ask for opinions, and we get plenty of that. But,
1: <laughs> you know, when we
0: actually ask for help or we don't ask for help but then you know I just can make life so much easier for everyone couldn't it
1: right and then of course I, I want to talk a little bit about the PhD version of asking for help that's when other people offer help to you but you don't remember asking them for it <laughs> that, that's it e- that's even more difficult because then the ego kicks in and you're like hey who the heck do they think they are <laughs> that they believe I need their help I mean what's wrong with these people and you know I'm right and you're laughing at me so I know you know I'm right um yeah. <laughs> So that's where I tell people, you asked, you just didn't ask, maybe you didn't ask verbally or directly, because people think if they're not sending an email, or or calling on the phone, or leaving a text message, if they didn't ask, but they're forgetting about the power of meditation, of prayer, of positive thought. They're also forgetting about the fact that we are more transparent to certain people than we believe we are. So there are people who know us, whether that be online or in person, they know us well enough that when they see us Uh, on social media, they will notice things about us that go, I think that they're struggling with this. I'm going to reach out to them and offer to help them. And one of my favorite examples was in my early days as a blogger. Uh, I didn't know this because I couldn't see my own screen, but my images I would add to my posts were ending up in the middle of the text and making it difficult for people to read my posts. And of course, you know how it is online when people have have any difficulty at all that go to the next person's website. So uh, it was obvious to my friend Lorraine regularly that I was needed some help. And she reached out to me and said, you probably don't know this is happening, but, and so we had a great conversation. She's become one of my closest friends of her being willing to do that. But I I often wonder if it had been something different and if it had been a sighted person she had offered to help to, would she have gotten the same response? So I, I definitely think there are times when my, when my lack of vision is definitely advantage, if not even a superpower as the people like to refer to it online nowadays.
0: <laughs> I think you're a superhero. I love that. So in your day-to-day routine, do you use any special tools or techniques or a mindset? So you keep creating positive
1: changes. I think my, uh, my number one thing that I do, well, there's three things that I do. Um, one is I decide to find solutions instead of making excuses. And I will admit that there have been times that I've found myself making excuses and either I realized it or a friend called me out on it and I've had to correct it. I'm not perfect, don't claim to be, never will be. So deciding is the important part that you have to be aware and looking for solutions as opposed to making excuses. The second thing is, as we've already talked about asking for help. The third thing is, is you have to be determined to find the positive in every aspect of your life. There are good things out there, either people you've met or will meet, events, experiences, uh, and they're all around us. We see them, but we don't always recognize them, appreciate them, or give gratitude for them. So you have to decide, you have to make it an actual effort in the beginning. I tell people I'm good at this after years because I've fell on my backside enough times and I've gotten a lot of practice in finding the positive and bad situations. But most people, especially in the beginning, they will have to go, okay, what happened today? And some may even have to take out a piece of paper and make a list of things until they start to get better at it. Uh, With me, like I say, I've got a lot of practice and I like to tell people that being positive, staying positive, is is difficult, it's work, but it's just like finding anything else. You decide it's there and then you look for it until you find it. So if you lose your keys, your TV remote or your smartphone, you know it's somewhere. You have a general idea where it is and you're gonna keep looking until you find it. You may have a mess of a living room when you're through, but sooner or later, and if you have to, you'll ask the family to come in and help you look for it. Sooner or later though, you will find it. But why did you find it? Because you decided it was there and you kept looking and that's the way it is for being positive
0: i really like that that's brilliant so there's people out there saying they're Thank listening you. and you're so positive and you've got this sprinkle of humor as well but they're sitting there listening to us and they're thinking yeah i might make a positive change i think they probably would off the key analogy but can you tell people why is it so important to create these positive changes in your life
1: well the positive changes that you make in your life, they will affect other aspects of your life, your mental health, your physical health. Think about the fact that by refusing to even try, you may be uh, raising your heart rate, making yourself more, uh, at risk for a stroke or mental illness. Uh, you could cause yourself to have poor sleep, uh, the, the negative or lack of a fully positive attitude leads to, you know, poor food choices, which affects your diet, your exercise routine and and weight maintenance or weight loss. Uh, your Your attitude, how you see the world and how you see yourself in it is pretty much tied to everything that you do. So it, it is really important that we make these positive changes, but they don't have to be big, huge changes. They can be very small ones. I wrote in my book, It's Not the Cookie, It's the Bag, that for somebody who hasn't exercised in years, even putting on their shoes and tying up the laces every morning could be a positive change. We all think too much of the big successes, the parties we're going to have when we're that skinny, handsome, sexy person that we see (laughs) in the magazines or on the internet. But they all started with making small, very tiny positive changes. And in fact, in my uh, professional life, my most important change was following for a domain name as the Midway Marketplace. It cost me 20-something dollars, and I had to get somebody to help me do it. But that led to so many other things, because every time I did something that was a small change, I learned more about myself, I became more confident in myself, and I was ready for bigger positive changes.
0: And that is so important, and that's what I try and do in my work. It's, like, it's nothing like if you're unhappy in life, it is overwhelming. But sometimes it's just starting Like If you don't like your body, just change like maybe how you have breakfast. If you don't like your relationship, you know, start with yourself, love yourself more. Something, just the small changes. And it's exactly that. Going back to your book. So I did have a little chuckle to myself. <laughs> it's not the cookie, it's the bag. That's your title. Yes,
1: yeah, so that's the second book about um, my fit the my transition as far as my physical well-being it talks about um, you know the health emergency where I was almost kicked out of a motel for, for peeing on their, ma- on their mattresses to uh, getting with a primary care physician to uh, being treated for sleep apnea having uh, gastric surgery and changing my lifestyle to where the gastric surgery would actually take effect and be successful because without changing your lifestyle Gastric surgery only works in about 40 to 50 percent of cases. And you do have to change the way you look at yourself, the way you look at the world and food. And the biggest problem for me, and it's just, and I've been told it's the biggest problem for a lot of other people, is when you lose the weight and you've had it off for a while, and people start to tell you how good you look, and you're like, I'm not that person. It took me a long time to where I can actually say the words handsome, sexy. Uh, charismatic, powerful, professional. I could say those words about myself now and not only say them, but believe them. And that's the biggest transition that I had to make as part of that, as part of that book and part of that part of my life.
0: So you've written three books, fourth one in progress. Have the others got brilliant titles as well?
1: Um, I don't know about brilliant. Um, (laughs) although, although I understand that in the U S and the UK, we have different definitions of the word. Um, Brilliant here is more about um, actual, um, you know, intellectual brilliance. But brilliant there is just an overall feeling of, of good work, if I understand it correctly. So, yeah,
0: just greatness.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, the first one is called It's uh, Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light A Blind Man's Inspirational Guide to Success. The last one is called The Blind Blogger's New York City Adventures How You Can Make Your Dreams Come True and the fourth one is going to be a continuation of my travels as except this time it will be my first experiences as an author promoting myself by doing book signings and public speaking and the the good things that happened the mistakes the disasters the solutions and how how it started how it all came together and the way I was able to actually make this thing happen to travel uh, cross country solo for over six weeks, without a whole lot of money, without a whole lot of of skills or talent, other than the fact that I enjoy to write and people think I'm a really good storyteller. And it's a, I think it's a very good book. My my author's been working on the board but she's like Max. I think what we need to go with here is is ask people. You know, what if you were about to take a trip, you know, across country or even all the way the other side of your state and you were thinking about all these problems that might occur, then what what would happen if you were also, you know, visually impaired, uh, you know, thinking about taking such a trip? Would you do it? How would you do it? And so that's kind of the vibe that the book has. And I don't guess you'd call the the title brilliant, although it's gonna have great artwork.
0: Max, you've been an absolute delight. So you're the blind blogger, and you've got your website, but you've got more. You've got a Facebook group and Instagram as the blind blogger, and then as Maxwell Ivy, you've got LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube.
1: How else is,
0: that? Must be everything,
1: surely. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. the The most important thing is the theblindblogger.net because that's where they can uh, that's where they can find the latest blog post, and that's where the podcast episodes will show up. The only other thing that I would mention is um, they, can, they can ask um, Alexa or Google to uh, play the blind blogger or ask for the blind blogger. They can do the same thing for my podcast. You can just say, Google, ask for what's your excuse or ask for the what's your excuse showing and they'll get the podcast episodes and they can also find the video on Roku at Knob TV.
0: Fabulous. You have made me chuckle so much. Thank you so much, Max. I've absolutely loved it. Thank you for sharing your positive changes, your humor, everything.
1: Well, thank you for being such a great host and for being a good audience because uh, making people laugh has always been something I do. And if if people don't laugh, then I know I'm not having a good I'm not having a good show or conversation if somebody <laughs> if the other person doesn't laugh. So thank you. And also, I know that um, that transitioning from nursing to podcasting, you are really enjoying what you're doing but I also understand this, this takes a lot of time and effort and a fair amount of money. So I want you to know how much I appreciate you and others like you who give me the opportunity to share my stories.
0: Oh, Max, you are one beautiful soul. Thank you for connecting with me.
1: You're welcome. Thank you too.
0: If you enjoy today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from shelleyfknight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelly life goes on. As always, I've been Shelly F. Knight and you've been amazing.